Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry, www.ihconvention.com. Don Myers is one of the finest ministers to ever stand behind the sacred desk. This sermon was preached in 1992 at the Seabreeze Camp Meeting in Hope Sound, Florida, and he titles it, Standing Between the Enemy and Your Child. I know you're going to enjoy this excellent message. I'd like to ask you to stand tonight for the scripture reading. I am reading to you one of the more familiar passages of scripture. I'm suggesting this because I need your help tonight when you hear the scripture. I am sure you have heard it preached on many, many times. But I felt the Lord gave me some very simple thoughts I would like to share with you tonight from 2 Kings chapter 4. While you're turning to this, Brother Vernon made mention concerning the song, It is beginning to rain. He promised to pour his spirit out on our sons and our daughters. And while you may have found the scripture, I want to make this announcement before I speak to you tonight. I feel that I have the mind of the Lord, and I feel that I have one particular purpose for this service. So this is the announcement. I want every young person in this congregation tonight, I want you to understand that I am going to endeavor tonight to rally together a group of people who will resolve in their heart, whoever you are, we do not plan on giving you over to the devil. My message is going to be different. So I appreciate your prayers. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant my husband is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. 
And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall pour out into all those vessels. Thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. It came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a, a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And then she came and told the man of God. And he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Our Heavenly Father, we look to you tonight with thankful hearts for what we have already heard. We appreciate the special song. We appreciate the violins that played. We appreciate the time of prayer, a time of refreshing. We thank you for your word. Lord, tonight... As simply as we know how, we ask that you will quicken our own heart and our own mind. Help us to honor the Lord in this service. We will give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have a very simple outline tonight that I want to share with you, and I am asking tonight, I recognize that I am at, in the heart of theologians. One day I was speaking to a particular church. This really doesn't help a fellow. But I got all done, and I don't, I don't say this um, for any benefit, except that I might get a little help from you. But I got all done, and when I was leaving, the man came up to me and he said, Brother Myers, you broke every rule of hermeneutics there was to break. <laughs> but he said, you helped me. I said, oh dear. <laughs> so... Hermeneutically speaking, whatever that means, I trust that you'll give me a little levity tonight, a little leeway. Will you do that? I know you laymen will, but I'm talking about uh, all of you theologians. Well, no response, so you theologians generally don't like to do that, so I'll have to speak to the layman. This is an interesting story tonight, a very simple story, and yet quite profound. 
There cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. I can't find anywhere in the scripture where it tells us much at all about this lady's husband. He was one of Elisha's servants, apparently. But there is something intimated here that has troubled me just a little bit. And one thing that troubles me is that whatever this man did, whatever his livelihood was, whatever abilities he had in the area of monetary things, it appears that somewhere or somehow when he left his widow, his wife and children, he left them in a condition that was not the best. When he passed off the scene of action, it wasn't long until she received the notice that she is in dire state, state, straits financially and the creditor is coming to take her voice. Let me introduce my thought to you tonight, friends, to tell you that I am concerned that if this present generation of holiness people does not hold steady, If we are not careful lest we deviate from what we have always felt to be true and to be strong in a separation from the world, when some of the gray hairs here and some of the seniors pass off of the scene of action, I want to ask you, what condition are we going to leave this next generation in? It's so subtle, the changes that are happening in the holiness movement. Things from a little boy that I heard that we always declared to be truth. Men who helped hold my feet to the fire. I can see some deviations. And I think with the help of God, I am old enough, I think with His help I can handle that. But young people who are following us, we are throwing them or giving them some very confusing signals. We're responsible not only for ourselves, but we're responsible for those that are following us. Our concept seems to have changed as an example. 
One preacher made the statement concerning his children doing things and letting the little children do things that he does not believe in, I hope. But the idea is that when they grow up, then they can make their own decisions. But how about this training up a child in the way they should go? I want you to really pray for me because there are a lot of angles that my mind is shooting out that aren't in this message. I'm not so sure now's the time to do it. Are there not some changes taking place across the holiness movement? Well, let's get down to where I trust the Lord will help us to go, where I feel he'd have us to go tonight. My first thought I want to share with you, would you like the whole outline? If I gave you the whole outline, I might lose you. It's, it's one of those outlines that some of you are going to smile, and especially there's an area that you theologians are going to say, oh, Myers, please, let's not stretch it. I want to talk to you, first of all, about the bad news. I want you to look at the broken mother. I would like for a moment to draw attention to the bold prophet. I would even like to take a peek at the bewildered neighbors. And I know you're going to wonder where in the world this fits in, but for alliteration purposes, would you give me the privilege of sticking some little thing in here, and I'll talk about it later, and that's, I want you to look at the beaten bullies. Oh, beaten bullies? Yeah. And then I want you to notice with me the beautiful, bountiful blessing. Look with me, if you will, at the bad news tonight. It's always good to give the bad news first, right? Are you here? I want to get the bad news over with. This lady came to the prophet and said, Sir, thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. I don't know how you feel tonight, my friend, but that is bad news. She gets word, they're going to take my sons. You say, Brother Myers, oh, we've heard that story before. But have you ever applied it to your life at any time? I would like to tell you, my friend, tonight that the enemy has declared war on your household, on your children. And believe it or not, unless we have, like our brother preached today, a visitation, a fresh anointing and unfilling of the Holy Spirit, the enemy is making inroads into the families of the holiness movement. And that's why I said, you young people, I want you to know that we are declaring war on the enemy tonight in your behalf. He has declared war on us. 
He is out to take every one of these young ladies and these young men sitting in this congregation tonight. It's bad news. We're living in a day. We're living in a day when it's seeming that we have lost the power. It seems we really can't move things like we one time did. But oh, my friend, tonight, in the light of the bad news, can't you feel with that mother as she is flitting around the house and she is grieving over her husband who is gone and that is bad enough but some writer comes through and delivers her a little message and it says ma'am we are sorry to tell you but your husband has left you in poor repairs in regards to your finances and we will give you so much time and in a certain amount of time the creditor is coming and taking away your boys you know something my friend that can even be applied there are times sometimes fathers are snatched out and mothers are left to raise little children along the way I'm sorry to tell you but the enemy is going to do everything he can to come in and snatch them away from you but tonight my friend we need to rise up and say oh God help us help us to stand in the gap and here she is now on top of her grieving over her husband. Now she gets the grievous message that they're coming to take her boys away. You know something that ought to stir every parent here tonight? The possibility of losing one child. I want to tell you the truth, friends. I'm going to need your help tonight. I, 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 I have a feeling the enemy's going to fight what I'm trying to say. There is the bad news. And that brings, of course, as I've already suggested to you, the broken mother. The broken mother. The broken mother. I want to choose my words tonight because I do not want to put any guilt. I don't want to make any parent who has a wayward child tonight feel grieved. No, I don't want to do that. But I can tell you, my friend, tonight, there are broken people all across the holiness movement. Broken people everywhere you go. But in her grief, in her grief, she chose, it seems, to go to the right place. She went to the prophet. I want you to see the bold prophet. She was looking for an answer. Sir, they're coming for my sons. I don't know what to do. And my friend, pastors, we need, we need to maintain a spirit of compassion. Sometimes I think there's an impatience among us. 
where we feel like, well, listen, we could have told you that before. You should have disciplined your children before. But that's not the way to approach it, my friend. We need to keep an open heart and say, oh, my friend, we will pray with you. We will do what we can. But he kind of turned the, the tables a little bit, and he looks at this mother, and uh, he said, what shall I do for thee? Oh, my friend, we need to share this together tonight. What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? Listen, parents, I want to ask you a question tonight. I want to ask you a simple question tonight. I know it's simplistic again, but it's the only way that I know how to approach some things. Can I ask you tonight, what do you have where you live that might still somehow reach out into the devil's territory and bring your children into the kingdom of God. Do you notice worldwide how oil seems to control so many things? You can put an embargo around a little island and where there is no gas, they screech to a halt. They can do nothing. And so oil has a power around the world. I can tell you tonight, my friend, it is still the oil of the Spirit of God that can change it this generation in which we live. It is the measure of oil that you and I have. It's the measure of oil that saturates our lives and fills our homes with a spirit of Christ that can still change the wayward children and those that have lost their way. The measure of oil. What do you have in thine house? And I know, I know there, there's a simple way that a fellow, if he wanted to, he could meddle for just a little while with that. But I'm not interested in simply meddling. But I can tell you this, my friend. Uh, there are some parents that are reaching out and saying, pray for my boy. Pray for my daughter. When I, I can tell you, there are, we can pray for your children. But I can also tell you there are some things where we live that you could be responsible for. You could change some things to influence your children closer to God. A lot of things in our home that are affecting our children. Say, what are they? Whatever you're thinking about. Oh, yes, yes, I know. I know what some are thinking. If you want me to, I can say television. I can say that. I can say that there are video movies that you're watching. I can say all of that. You say, why don't you? Okay, I will. It, you know, I don't even have this in this message, but isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting if you listen to the world, the world is now talking about the garbage is coming over television and the world is shutting them off and unplugging them and throwing them out to the garbage men. And in and, and just so many years, we are tiptoeing right behind the worldly crowd and we are analyzing the whole thing now until, oh, but Brother Myers, really, thank God, I believe in Jesus, but I, I just kind of feel that we have learned now how we can control it. I, don't, I just don't believe it. In fact, I don't, even, I don't preach much about television because it's too obvious to me if you love Jesus Christ and you want that continual infilling, you're not going to fool around with that. 
I know, I know the video is becoming quite a divisive issue. But my friend, I'll tell you how I look at it. It's simply this. It's simply this, my friend. If you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you, I don't care what it, it's a video. I don't care if it's a, I don't care what it is. If you really love the Lord, you're not going to feed your hungry heart on anything that isn't like the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you're dabbling in that stuff at your house, that's one place to start changing if you want us to pray for your children. Praise the Lord. There's a lot of worldliness in our homes. Anybody that knows me knows that I am not a smart aleck. I am not someone to try to take advantage of a captive audience. I'm not that kind of a person. But I can tell you this, there are a lot of things that concern me across the holiness movement. Seriously, friends, I'm, I'm just a little disturbed, and, I, and I, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. None of this is in this message. I had, no, I had no plans of saying what I'm about to say. But I feel very definitely clear in saying it. I have never talked about this in this sermon before. But I am just a little concerned that our children out of the holiness movement are looking more and more and more like the little Hollywood flippants. You know, it used to be that it was cut and dried. What was cut and dried that we didn't cut? And you know, it's got to the place where even holiness preachers are almost in bondage to say things like that in the holiness crowd because, because why? The devil is after our children and we're feeling the pressure of it and this generation is backing off and saying, I'm tired of battling with the standards of the church. I don't know, and I'm not even, I, I shouldn't even get into all of that. But I know the, whole, the holiness crowd, like I said, we just, we just used to teach and believe that long hair was a woman's glory. And now we trim it and we cut it and we say, well, Brother Myers, really, it's just, you know, oh, we're going to trim it a little bit. Well, you know, it's interesting to me. If you went to a delicate, you know, this is crazy, but I'm in it, so. If you go up to a delicatessen and here's a long, you ever seen these long rolls of baloney? 
Say, I, I want you to cut it fresh. And they'll look at you and say, do you want it thin? Do you want it a, an eighth? Or do you want a chunk? Or say, well, why don't you cut me some, you know, that thin stuff, just about a quarter of a pound, and then give me some, about an eighth. And on the other end, right out somewhere, just give me a chunk of it, will you? And you get home, and you say, oh, wait, would you mind cutting me a chunk of that right out of the middle of there? So they cut you a little thin over here and thicker over here and a chunk out of here. And you get home, and you know what? You can put the thin on bread. You can put the thick on bread. You can take a bite out of the center, and it's all baloney. The modern-day translation of that is, <laughs> if you cut it here, 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 there, and you're trying to rationalize, it's still baloney you know what's unfortunate about all this if Jesus tarries I've got all next week to stay here and I suppose I've about lost it but you know right now I, I, I love you and I want to tell you the honest truth right now I really don't care The spirit of worldliness is captivating the holiness crowd. And it's, well, you know what it's bringing about? It's bringing bad news. It's going to rob us of our children. And you know, while you're in such good spirits, while we're there, I want to talk to you about something else that's very prominent among the holiness crowd. Might be good to clear the air tonight. Do you know something? Even the attire of the holiness crowd. I always say, that's what I thought. I knew this would come out. The legalistic New Yorker. Well, I'm not a, a legalist. But I'd like to remind you of something that you already know. And I'd like to tell you something that I'm not hearing many people say anything about. You know, it's rather interesting that when I grew up, and it wasn't a matter of legalism, we were taught the spirit of modesty. I don't preach how long, how short. I don't preach any of that. But I do preach this, that whatever you wear has to come under the principle of modesty. And you know, we used to say that a lady maybe ought to kind of cover herself even with her sleeves. Well, the responses are dying down. You think they've died down now? You just wait till they get done. It's going to be dead in here. 
joint. And you know something, the holiness crowd, the preachers, if someone came in with a dress a little bit above their knees, they'd scream. No many skirts. That's immodest. But isn't it subtle how the enemy has come in the back door? And now we wear longer skirts. But somewhere along the line, somebody didn't sew them. I, does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Friends, I, I'm not trying to be smart nor funny, but I want to tell you, it, it, it really, I don't know. Wherever you go now across the holiness movement, preachers used to preach on, on, in modesty, and now the holiness ladies are buying these skirts and dresses, and they buy them with these slits in the sides, up the front, in the back. And I want to tell you something that may really stir a controversy here tonight, but I want to tell you, my friend, tonight, if you are inclined to do that, I would like to remind you that that kind of attire is not only immodest, but it's sensual and it's suggestive. And you say, wait a minute, Brother Myers, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, I want to get a hold of it, wait. Say, Brother Myers, really? You're going to go out here and say, Brother Myers said I was suggestive and it is sensual. And you know what else? It's solicitous. Do I have problems back there, brother? I'm unplugged. <laughs> Aren't some of you glad? But you know what? Let me finish what I'm saying. The designers of that, if you can honestly say you mean nothing by it, boy, dare I say it, if you can honestly say that you never thought that it was suggestive or solicitous, Or sexual? If you never thought that, then can I tell you, you ought to be very thankful. You have to be simple. And I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but let me remind you tonight, my friend, that while you may not be that in your heart, 
The designer intended it to be sensual and solicitous. Brother Myers, I never... Let me give you the benefit of the doubt, but let me assure you, if you never intended to be solicitous of anybody looking at you, automatically, my friend, the flow of that skirt is designed to solicit the gaze of men. And I want to assure you, you are getting those looks. Now, you may not intend to be that in your heart. Solicitous? Suggestive? But if you continue to do it, I would like to suggest to you, my friend, that it no doubt will become sinful. Not many agreed with that, did you? Where's the holiness crowd going? But Brother Myers, you, you men don't understand. The reason I need a slit in my skirt is because if I'm going to walk, it has to be there. Then I have one suggestion. Buy something that fits you. No, you can relax. I really don't expect I will get back here. <laughs> I, I love you anyway. Brother Myers, why are you... Oh, yes, I know. I know what your ladies are thinking. I know what you're thinking. Why don't you say something about the men? Would it be so wrong to tell you men that you still ought to be conservative in your attire? Do you know something? Even men are following the fashions until we look pretty much like the world. If anything is difficult for me is to see a man dressed like a sissy. Now come on ladies, I'm trying to say something to equal things up. Men ought to wear clothes that fit them. I tell you friends, I, I need your help worse than ever now. That, that, that's all extra. I want to preach to the sermon now. All of that is connected with bad news. If we allow all of these things to transpire in our homes, 
where things in our home where it used to be sanctified and filled with the Spirit of God, we can't allow all of the world to sweep in to our home, the sanctity of our home, and yet try to win our children to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I remember a little girl when my my first pastor at about 11 or 12 years old, my friend, this is just a little thing, but it will give you what I'm trying to say tonight. The idea was the mother would come and say, pray for my, pray for so-and-so, pray for so-and-so, and we would, but my friend, she would go home, and that child was never disciplined at all. The mother at 11 and 12, 13 years old would give that child money, and she'd go to town, and she'd buy liquor and she'd buy all kinds of garbage and junk at 12 or 13 years old and then come and say, rescue my daughter, pray for my daughter. We want to pray for your children tonight. But what do you have at the house? And she said, sir, all that I have at my house is nothing, nothing at all save a pot of oil. A pot of oil. There was still a little oil, my friend. It may be leaking out, but let's say, oh God, whatever oil is left in my home, in the holiness movement, Lord, please somehow come and multiply and bless. What little oil did I have? Lord, what little I have, I give it to you afresh and anew. And the prophet was a wise old prophet, thank God. He was a wise old prophet. He said, oh, and I like, I like it. I, I like to think that the holiness crowd ought to think big. You know, sometimes we're little pygmies. Oh, we're in trouble. We're in an awful age. But say, God is still on the throne. And he said, go out, my friend. Go out and borrow these vessels abroad of thy neighbors, even empty vessels. And I like this little phrase borrow not a few it looks like he wants her to go out there and send those boys in this town and get all that you can and that brings me to my fourth point I want to look for just a few minutes at the busy boys say really Myers I don't even see that there well you've got to kind of read between some of the lines here it did say there that the voice brought her the vessels and so I would like I'd like to suggest that she sent those boys out through the neighborhood would you go with me for just a few minutes my friend I can see those boys as they go out through the neighborhood hear them knock on the door some little old lady comes and says oh may I help you boys yes Mrs. So-and-so my mother wants to know if you have any empty vessels Oh, hmm, empty vessels? Why, why, my boy, sure. You just wait here just a minute, and she goes back somewhere in a nook and cranny and in the pantry, and she finds a couple of old empty vessels and brings them out, and she's wondering, I wonder what these boys want with these vessels. I can see this little boy with a vessel here and one here and maybe a third one and he's going back to the house and he sets him on the front porch and his mother takes him in and she says, Sonny, go on out. And I can see maybe their brothers are across the road from each other and they're knocking on doors and little ladies are coming and saying, May I help you, son? My mother wants to know. My mother wants to know. My mother wants to know. Do you have any vessels? Any vessels? Empty vessels? And they're digging in the cellar and out in the shed and up in the attic and they're bringing these 
vessels and you say, Brother Myers, don't get carried away. Now, wait a minute. If I turn you off, you can catch up with us on the next point. But I think, brother, they went to house after 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 house. You say, I don't think there were that many. You don't know how many there were and neither do I. And so I have just as much liberty as you do. And so now, I mean, here they are. And the first lady looks and says, well, hmm, there goes that little kid again. And there's his brother. Skipping around. They're out the door. They're playing. They're happy. We're not going. We're not going. We don't have to go. Praise God, we don't have to go. Hallelujah. Not white. And Sonny, come here. Sonny. Sonny, come here. What God multiplied the oil we had enough to pay the creditor and can you imagine can you imagine Martha Mary did you hear the good news did you hear the good news and I tell you, my friend, that's my last thought tonight. The beautiful, bountiful blessings, the beaten bullies are gone, that tonight I want you to know represents the enemy. And friend, I think it's about time you and I in the holiness crowd got on our prayer bones and said, Oh God, the enemy is after my boy. He's after my daughter. He's after my children. He's after my church. And Lord, what little I have, I give it all to you. I want you to multiply my fervor. I want you to multiply my zeal. I want you to anoint me afresh and anew. I want you to give me a fresh anointing. Fill me, Lord. Fill me with the oil. And friend, when the enemy comes, I think you and I as a holiness people tonight ought to stand between our children and the devil and step to the door and say, Sir, do not go. We could propagate the gospel. We're losing too many. We're losing too many of our children. And I want you to know, my friend, tonight as we look out and see the breakers coming, communities run out. They bag the banks. They fill bags with sand. They pile them up. They hand one to the other, and they fill it up. They line them up through the street, and here comes a breaker. More, more, and we fill it up, and fill it up, and fill it up, until the sandbags take the brunt of the breaker. in front of the breaker to save the community. It's time, it's time in this collective audience tonight. We cleaned our houses, uh, and we said, oh, God, from here on out, we're going to do everything we can to keep the devil from making inroads into our home, and into our church, and into our denominations and into our schools if you please. 
Oh, we need God's help tonight. And I want to help him. I want his help. I want his help. Thank the Lord. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. My friends, tonight, I am sure your heart beats with my heart. I have four children. I have two sons, and I have two daughters. I have two sons-in-laws, and I have two daughter-in-laws. I've got eight grandchildren. And I know the enemy is waging war on them all. I thank the Lord. As far as I know tonight, my children are all professing to love the Lord. I'm not saying that they don't have room for growth. I'm sure they do. I don't mean to be sentimental to you tonight. But when I get the chance and sit my grandchildren on my knee, I love every one of them in their own right. I love my children and I love my sons-in-laws and my daughter-in-laws. And I don't know, I don't know. The enemy is strong. But I can tell you this. If there's any way I can stand between them and the enemy, I want to do everything I can to stand between them and the breakers. And parents tonight, I know in this size congregation, there may be some of you parents that have wayward children. Don't whip yourself. Don't do that. That's not my purpose tonight. But I can tell you this, I'd like to challenge you. In this camp meeting, in your homes, let's throw ourselves into it. My wife and I, I've heard my wife, she's looked at me and said, Donnie, it just never entered my mind. It never entered my mind that our children would do anything but serve God. The enemy has fought. Some of our children have gone down in some of the valleys. But God will bring them back up. And we need to stand between them and the enemy. I'd like to ask you tonight if you would try to muster up. I don't know where you're going to go. I'm not too familiar with these grounds, this camp. I've walked around it. I don't know where all the closets are. But I wish this crowd would come back tomorrow morning and sometime between now and then, I'd like to have you search around somewhere and pick up a few vessels. Bring them tomorrow morning. 
Now, you, you won't be able to carry too many. But could I suggest that tomorrow morning you come in the door with a smile and say, <laughs> praise God, I brought a vessel of desire. I just want more of God. Put that right under one arm. Bring another vessel of determination. And then if you can kind of hold another one out here, bring a vessel of expectancy. And then if you can tie one to your belt, bring at least one more of obedience. And let's see if we can't stop the flood tide of the enemy. I would like to ask you something tonight, friends, and I'm finished. I want you to stand with me. It's five minutes until nine. It's Saturday night. Tomorrow's the Lord's Day. But I wonder tonight how many, for maybe five minutes, or ten, or however long you would like, I wonder how many families, maybe parents, you'd like to renew your determination to stand between the enemy and your children. I wonder how many of you parents would join me around the front for about five minutes and let's wage war on the enemy and let's declare to our children that honey whatever you do I want you to know you're going to have to do it over my prayers Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention, featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855 USA. I don't want to lose the fire, I don't want to lose the fire.